Park. It's an 87th Precinct podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode to accompany our look at the 51st 87th Precinct book, which is Money, 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 a dense tome about global terrorism, money laundering, drugs, just lots of stuff. Uh, Lion attacks. Lion attacks, yeah, that sort of thing, you know, all those things that go together. Yep. You know. (laughs) Um, But uh, Morgan has just revealed what she didn't reveal in the main episode, the circumstances in which he first read the book. So I think everyone should know this situation because uh, oh, oh. they'll they'll empathise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the first time I read Money, 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 I read pretty much the entire novel in one sitting uh, whilst on an interminable um, rail, rail replacement bus service uh, from uh, Preston to Carlisle. Yes, which as... I told Morgan I have too have done that journey on a rail replacement bus from Preston to Carlisle and it is a horrible, horrible experience. Slightly less horrible when you've got a, a, a big, chunky Ed McBain novel to keep your company, thankfully. But yes. uh, yeah, excruciating otherwise. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> telling us that. That will add to our listeners' uh, understanding of your experience with this book and the things <laughs> in your mind when you revisit it. Okay, so what we normally do is we have a look at the original editions and we'll have a look at our editions. We've already hinted at them all being slightly different in the main episode. But I will show off first and get Steve-O to describe the US hardback edition. Okay, US hardback, here we go. All right, so we've got a picture of, uh, well, a photo. Well, mm. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like a a coloured-in photo of... Loads of loads of hundred dollar bills all piled up, so kind of a a cliff face of them. A lasagna you, uh, of money, as you were, rather than spread out on the table. It's like in section, and it says money, 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 on it. So it says it five times, which is a bit curious, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Ed McBain in different font at the bottom. There we go. So it's green and grey. Quite yeah. interesting. Uh, Colours. Yeah, it's quite a quite a simple one, really, yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, the obvious thing to do with this book, and it's called Money, 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 is take a photo of some money. Stick some money on it, yeah. yeah. Um, well, perhaps Morgan can describe the US paperback edition, which is the pocketbooks edition. Uh, yep, yeah, it's taken the, the money theme uh, in a slightly different direction. It's got sort of uh, some, some folded money with a, a big sort of... Uh, Dollar sign kind of stamped on it, been in some some big shiny uh, red letters, and Edgar Award nominee, money, money, money. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's got some money on it. Yeah, there we go. It's got some money on it. Yeah, folded over money in this case. Now I'm hoping the Italian one is in from the lion cage. Oh, oh right, come right. on, fingers crossed. Well, the UK hardback edition is. Very much like all the books we've got in front of us here. As I mentioned, Orion become the publisher of the books uh, from this one onwards in the UK. And I'll describe the, the UK hardback edition, which is literally it's a $100 bill laid out as the front page of the mm-hmm. book. And it's got like the sort of paper wraps that you have around stacks of bills across the centre of it. And in this, it says money, money, money at the top of the page uh, in this font that Orion used for everything, which yeah. is sort of like slightly weird stamped typed font thing Ed McBain at the bottom 
And in the original hardback edition, the wrap that went around the book, and I don't know if it was a physical thing or if it was actually just printed on it, it must be a physical thing because it says, the genuine article, a steal at only twelve ninety nine. <laughs> so you wouldn't want that permanently on the front of your book. No, that's true. So, yeah, so that's quite cool. You've ripped that off. Yeah, so that's, you'd have to uh, open the book as if it was a yeah. stack of notes. Yeah, I quite like the overall design where the but the the band on the paperback editions as well does it, 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 where they do have it so it looks like the book from the from the spine is a, a stack of notes. I think yeah, just, it must be because there's there's two thingies there. Yeah, Paul. that's quite quite a quite a good bit of sort of um, thought mm. out design, isn't it? Yeah, it does go through into the book itself as well. So yeah, the, the edges of the pages, the the, the hundred dollar sort of um, security band mimicked along the edge of them. That's yeah, it's right. like the beginning bit of every chapter, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's quite a nice design, really. Um, yeah. And the paperback version in the UK is, as I have it here, although I don't have the first edition paperback version, the first edition one had the phrase, $1.7 million of trouble in a very crowded 87th precinct on the front. Ooh. Whereas mine just says, a novel of the 87th precinct yeah. on the front. Ooh, mine says it on the, that statement on the back. Yeah. yeah. So, Steve, you explain what, what your copy is. Mine's the one you've described just then. Except, uh, well, yours is a paperback, but the, it's... The $100 bill. It looks better if you're a little bit further away, doesn't well, it? Well, yours does, because yours is massive. That's the difference. Oh, yeah, so mine's so big. I, I... Mine's like for people who can't read very well at the library, although it doesn't have that big writing in. It's just a, a big old paperback, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. large, so form, like large a, format paperback, large, whereas I've got a normal size paperback. It's like paperback. as large... Yeah, it's like this... The size of a large ashtray rather than the size of a, a medium-sized ashtray, if you can imagine such a thing. <laughs> well, there you go. And well, Morgan's going to describe his copy, or rather reintroduce us to an old yeah. friend. Yeah, it's been a while since I've brought this one out, but uh, this is it, it's cropped up a couple of times before. An omnibus, a three-in-one omnibus with... Uh, money, money, money uh, combined for some reason yeah. uh, with The Pusher and King's Ransom. Yeah, I don't get it. No, nor do I. I uh, obviously, as I didn't read these in order, I just just ploughed through from cover to cover. Yeah. And, you know, just had to deal with the fact that many, many years had passed in between. Yeah. Somebody must just have picked them up. Oh, they're three quite good ones. Shove those well, out. Yeah. Well, I mean, King's Ransom's obviously a, a brilliant. The push is pretty good. Yeah. So the cover's just got sort of elements of the designs of all three books kind of clumsily superimposed on one another. Yeah. Ooh, let's yeah. have a look at that. Could you imagine a plot involving? Well, there you I, go. I dare say so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. money, telephone. They all tend to involve money and telephones, at least, don't they? Somewhere. Money, telephone, and some more money. <laughs> money, telephone, and more money. Okay, yeah. So that's the third and final time that this that book will be making an appearance, yeah. and it hasn't been mm. out since something like 1961 or something, <laughs> something like, like that, that in, yeah. in, in the chronology. Anyway, <laughs> we need to. Well, no, well, hold off on oh, your... Oh, oh no, oh, let's oh. do the sniffing now. Go on, get, get out of the way. It's quite, I've not had a very pungent one for a while, have I? That's quite nice. Oh, oh blimey, he's gone in loads of time. Yeah. Your, your whole head fits inside that Yeah, well, yeah, it is quite big. It is quite big. I, I, describe your scent. Um, pungent. I hope it doesn't, doesn't smell like a medium-sized ashtray. Um, or a large ashtray. Fairly sweet. Sweet, <laughs> OK. I'll check mine. But not... Not too sweet. Yeah, mine's okay. I mean, these are fairly modern editions, aren't they? So there's yeah. not my, mine's in pretty good nick. Um, 
barely cracked the spine until I read it. Morgan looks a bit so more it's all right, battle, battle hard. I was going to say, mine, I think, being the owner of a scissor, it's probably on pretty cheap paper stock, mm. which hasn't aged terribly well. So, no. uh, on, the, on the other hand, I have recently had a cold, so I may not be able to smell anything at all. We'll, well see how we go. That can be part of your review, I suppose. It's, um, I, there is there is a scent coming through. Yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 only just a hint of mustiness, but you can tell Must. this one's going to ripen over over coming years. Oh, I wonder if it's changed. I'm I'm not going to do it, but I should really go back and listen to the episodes. Oh yeah, mind you, did we even do it that early on? I can't even remember. Have we always sure. done it? I, I think know. it came in quite early. I think yeah. It's yeah. A, <laughs> yeah, hmm. whether it's changed in the well, it would be like three or four years since we did King Ra- King, King's but, Ransom. Uh, but you know, your 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 huffing tastes change. Well, well, that's true. You've got a more uh, yeah refined huff palate, or it maybe was, your huff palate's just gone because of all this pro- huffing. It probably will have changed slightly because it's 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 sat on my shelf a bit, and then also rattled around in my bag on the way to and from work for a few days while I was uh, reading it yeah. too. So. Anyway, I have got the uh, Japanese paperback edition, which, in as you will have established from the ones I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. is a painting with the numerals 87 scraped in it. Um, go on, Steve, you have a stab at that one. All right, okay. So it's a grey background, sandy-coloured grey, and then an orange splodge about the shape of Africa, and then black, orange, red... And reddy blacky orange squiggles on the bottom like arrows, <laughs> and then brown, red, black, reddy brown, orange, blacky grey orange squiggles on the top. And I hope you've all formed and, a, yeah. an exact mental picture of this by now. And two white blobs, and like a scribed in eight seven eight seven. Yeah. So what is that representing? Not a clue. So what have we got? Last time we decided it was the pizza scene, didn't we? Well, you did. Yes. <laughs> um, it's going to mean something. Leave that with me for a minute. Maybe. Um, see, it's nothing to do with money, I wouldn't have thought. Desert. It's a bit deserty coloured, isn't it? Does have it? a bit of a deserty look about it. And somebody who was commissioned to write oh. it, uh, draw it, might have literally read the first few pages and thought, mountains, oh. desert, sun. Yeah, it could be, could be. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway. It looks cool. As, it, ever, it, as ever, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, uh, as ever. And, um, yeah, what what it is, we're not sure. Yeah, figurative. But I'm saying desert. I think that's inspired by the plane scene. And uh, the last of the uh, overseas editions that we're going to look at is the Italian one. Now, you've got your banking on it being the lion's den. Confidently I, I, lions. I'm counting on uh, Fat Ollie playing the piano. Come on. Well... Oh dear! Oh, what's that? It's just a, it's just a it's just New York bo- street at boring some old, oh. boring old cars. Yeah, it's not called cars, 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 is it? <laughs> they've, they've curiously only called it money as well. Yes, I don't know why, because it's not even in Italian. It's just called oh, money. How odd! This is the Il Giallo Mondadori edition. It is well, a bit disappointing. Go. It is a bit disappointing. So they could the title, have done anything. a title's the third of what it should be, and the quality of the cover is a third of what it should be as well. Yeah, that's it. Really. Not yeah. normally a go-to for a good cover, but yeah, well, clearly not. Then. I think the uh, the UK design wins really. I think it does. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's nicely put together. That. Yeah, it feels a bit more like they've 
thought. thought the thought about it from a promotional standpoint as well, well as much the, as anything else. Well, the colour as well is uh, yeah. a very, very good uh, yeah. match. Right, so let's get into some stuff from 2001. Um, and, well, I will get into our picks as we go along. And I'll start, as usual, with the charts for the week that this was released originally, Ooh. which was the, the week of the 6th of September 2001. 6th of September 2001. Okay. Right, okay. UK singles chart is this. We can start with the UK singles oh, right, chart. Okay. Um, I'm not going to ask you to guess. No, I'm just, don't. Oh, I please think don't. Be I'll be there a long time. <laughs> But it's a new number one. I'm going to go from one till ten in this one for the UK. And at number one, it's a song called Too Close by Blue. Oh, I remember the one. How does that go? Um... It, it's it's basically I can't really remember. I'm not going to attempt to, to sing it because I've, I've lost my voice a bit. As far as I can recall, the the lyrics are very slightly veiled um, about getting an embarrassing erection while dancing close with a woman. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, you're making it hard for me. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Ah, uh, the subtlety. Yep. Well, that's at number one anyway, so clearly, well, that, <laughs> clearly that touched a knife. Um, at number two is Let's Dance by Five, uh, nah, which I, isn't I, a cover of Let's Dance. I don't think so, no. I'm sure it was about getting up and getting down. That's what most of their songs are about. <laughs> yeah. Up and down. Yeah, up yeah. and down all the time. Couldn't, they couldn't. didn't really do a lot of sideways songs. No, they, they, they weren't, weren't interested in, uh, in sideways motion in, like, at all. like back and forth. Just... More. just up, up, up and up, up, and up, up and Just down. wish to repeatedly demonstrate their mastery over gravity's pull. <laughs> they were they were vertical singers, not horizontal. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's where their skill set is. Uh, at number three, "Follow Me" by Uncle Cracker. Oh Uncle yeah, Cracker with a K. You see, you could just make make these up. Follow oh, no. me. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'll be the one who talks you in at night. Yeah. Try to leave, I can guarantee you won't find He does out. remember it, doesn't he? Yeah. He's not going to sing because his voice is oh, bad. It's, 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 I've started already, haven't I? You show him Uncle Cracker and you can't stop it. Like, yeah, yeah, one of those those things. Like, I put, think I ranked them with like Hootie and the Blowfish in Matchbox uh, 20. Right, okay, yeah. Counting Crows, maybe. I don't know. No, uh, I don't well, at number Uncle four... Cracker. It is a cover because it's stuck in the middle as done by Louise. Oh, well. And that was a cover, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At number five, it's Emma Bunton with Take My Breath Away. Bunton? Former Spice Girl. Oh, yeah. Once and former and future Spice Girl. At number six is 21 Seconds by So Solid Crew. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah, that's good, that one. (laughs) Stormer. Yeah. At number seven, Eve featuring Gwen Stefani and Let Me Blow Your Mind. Blow Your Mind. Marvellous. Number eight, Take Me Home by Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Oh, yeah, I remember the one. Who's had a bit of media coverage as a bit of a lockdown superstar because she did a load of stuff from a kitchen. Uh, yeah, like that. Kitchen, k- disc- kitchen disco, yeah. yeah. With a very angular face. <laughs> Turn Off the Light at number nine by Nelly Furtado. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. at number ten, oh, Jim Miroquai with Little L. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Pop stuff, a little bit of British... Uh... Mm, bit of singing. Yeah, there's some sort of... Uh, yeah, the, the the tail end of the boy band boom. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go from 10 to 1 in the U- US charts. Oh, okay. And see if it's any different from the UK charts. Uh, completely. Yeah, almost complete. Almost complete. Almost. Oh. Uh, right, what's... 
uh, Uncle Crackers is going to be there. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> At number 10 is Hanging by a Moment, Lifehouse. That sounds confusing, doesn't know, it? That it sounds does. like a confusing song. It does. By a, confusing a band confusing. or Are you a, a, a light or a lighthouse. Uh, uh, neither. Yeah. I'm a lifehouse. Lifehouse. I think that was that was going to be the name of the Who's Next concept album after Tommy, wasn't it? And then then Pete Townsend ended up scrapping it. Decided mm. it was too confusing even too for confusing. him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Drops of Jupiter, brackets, Tell Me, oh, by yeah. Train. Bloody Train. Train, right, okay. We yeah. got that a bit later over here, didn't we? Yeah. Number eight, It's It's Been a While, by Stained. Oh, terrible Stained. pretend grunge. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You can tell they're something special because they're spelled Stained without the Pre- E. Pretend. Oh, it, it was it was the, the day for that, wasn't it? The Stained and Puddle of Mudd. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, number seven, you, the letter you, you remind me by Usher. Mm. Uh, number six, where the party at? No question mark. By Jagged Edge with Nelly. Maybe Jagged Edge was telling us where the party at, yeah. not, not inquiring as to where the party might be at. No, yeah. there's a chance for Uncle Crackers here. He's not made an appearance <laughs> well, at yet. Well, number has five he? is no. the only one that's common no. to the UK chart. Which is Uncle Crackers. It's Eve featuring Gwen <laughs> yeah. Stefani with Let Me Blow Your Mind. All right, okay. Uh, number four, by Blue Cantrell, Hit 'em Up Style. Oh. Oops. Oh, it's a, it's a good one. I like something that's got lots of uh, extra punctuation in it, so brackets and exclamation marks in it, yeah, and a little apostrophe. That's a good one, that. Number three, Someone to Call My Lover, Janet. That sounds like someone, someone to call my lover. My lover. <laughs> <laughs> by the Wurzels. <laughs> Two is Fallen by Alicia Keys. Oh, yeah. And at number one, I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez featuring Ya Rule. Ja Rule? Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Atkins, as I prefer to call him. Well, I think that's, that's what Jeff the Ja stands for, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Well, there you go, see? So only one track common there. Yeah. Still, it's, yeah. Okay, so that's that's some music, and we will get into our own picks and discuss some stuff about albums when we get to that. Yes. But we'll go to the cinema as we like to do after we've done our music thing and, and look at the top 10 highest grossing films of 2001, Oof. which is the one where we sometimes, where sometimes I ask you guys to guess, you sometimes get some of these. Yeah, I reckon I can get one. Go on. Definitely. Without without a shadow facts of a... Oh, very good. Uh, with a doubt. Go on, then say it. It was the first Lord of the Rings films, wasn't it? The Fellowship of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the Fellowship but of the Rings. It's not called. So the <laughs> oh, I, was being si- I was being silly. Lord of the Rings. It was on telly oh. but yesterday. It's always on telly. Yeah, well, it was back on. Um, yeah, that was the second highest grossing film of the year. Second? Yeah. Ooh, so right. what beat that? What beat that? Um, also featured Wizards. Oh, Harry Potter. Potter. Harry yeah. Potter. Is it the first one of them? Yeah, Philosopher's, Philosopher's Stone. Stone. Oh, right. Uh, I've never seen it. No, I'm not interested. No, 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 I wouldn't have got it if... Well, I didn't get it, but I wouldn't have had a chance of getting it if you not said Wizards. Harry Potter. Yeah, any others you think are in the top ten then? I forgot the top two there. Uh, pop, um, I have a bit of a look, of, a look at no, no, what films came out. See, I, I, but I, I noticed lots of like daft films that I like, but I didn't notice any of the sort of ones that were going to be big films that... Now, yeah. I did mention 
Crocodile Dundee in America or whatever it was called. But I don't, I think, don't so. think that that made much <laughs> of an impact. Yeah, it wasn't one of the top ten grossing films. It didn't make over three hundred and fifty million dollars at the box office. I think the reason was was that big long train broke down, <laughs> yeah. and therefore like all that the uh, promotional material never got yeah. out of New South Wales or God. wherever it was stuck. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um... Well, this is very boring as silence. Yeah. You're going to have to uh, g- give us a clue about... Uh, a uh, Disney animation, uh, CGI animation from the period. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, are we Toy Storying yet? Not Toy no, Story. No, no. Uh, are we I'm into the Pixar era yet, though? Or is that, it's not one of those, It's Monsters, no. Inc. Ah, right. It's Monsters, Inc. Uh, and then there's another animation after that featuring a green cartoon monster is one of the big films. Shrek? Shrek. Ah. So I was put, about to say... Um, What's the guy who ripped all his clothes off? <laughs> That's uh, incredible. Hulk. <laughs> yeah, green monster. Well, he's a green monster. Well, he is. That's yeah, true. Uh, yeah. So, Monsters Inc. Shrek. Then Ocean's Eleven. Oh yeah. Pearl Harbor. <sighs> oh yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's not surprising. The Mummy Returns. Oh yeah, those were really, really popular as well, weren't they? Yeah. I think since they've tried to remake The Mummy, they've been reappraised as well as, as yeah. being better than people thought they were. When you see what you could be ended up with. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park 3. Oh, right. Number yeah. three, yeah. Uh, Planet of the Apes, the Tim oh, Burton no. version. Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> it, I mean, they have since proved that you can make a mm. version of Planet of the Apes very well. Oh, yeah. The, the, that the one, no. Subsequent ones have been cracking, actually, haven't they? But, yeah, uh, yeah that, that was a, a stinker. Yeah, and at number ten, Hannibal. Oh yeah. So there we go. Yeah, and you you were you both right. I mean, there are some interesting films came out that that year. I mean, it's the year of Memento. Oh, um, was it? Yeah, oh. Mulholland Drive. Mm. Oh yeah, was and, it? I didn't do a very good job of researching films. Uh, I didn't oh, see any of these, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, The Tailor of Panama, which is an ad- adaptation of a Le Carre novel. Yeah, that's oh. very good, uh, A few other interesting ones. Yes, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles he was, yeah. Specific, yes. Speci- Specifically yeah. Los Angeles. I don't think I've ever seen that, which no. is quite strange. Donnie Darko, which was obviously mm. a huge smash for um, for that sort of like, if you like that sort of things, which I did at the time, but I've not really been felt like I've wanted to watch it since. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it for a long time. I, I did enjoy it. I also used to really, really like the website, which was up for years afterwards. Yes, that was one of the ones that first had some very interesting viral marketing. Yeah, like a really fascinating website that made you feel like you were getting involved in some kind of really scary, esoteric kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a Godzilla film. Oh, I, I think I saw that, that, yeah, Godzilla versus Gigan and someone or other. I don't know. It's called... Official title is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. Oh. Giant monsters all out attack. Catchy. Yeah. In which I believe Godzilla is possessed by the souls of the dead of World War II. Well, it happens occasionally, doesn't it? Just for a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a few other, uh, yeah. Corkin. Good and bad films out there. Rat Race. I saw that in the cinema in Cheltenham. Oh, yeah. um, Which is rubbish. <laughs> but again, we'll come to our film pick in, in a little bit. Uh, let's have a little look at the television of the period, the year 2001. 2001. So in the UK, we have um, The Office starts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, that eventually there becomes an American version of it, uh, which I think is by and large better. That, well, I was watching it only a few hours ago. All right. Yeah, vastly superior by a. 
yeah, few it, decimal yeah, places. Yeah, I much prefer it. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Especially, yeah, they remade essentially season one of of the British show and then went off on their own, doing what many American sitcoms do, which is be much better because <laughs> of their system of the way they produce these things. Uh, who? What else do we have? The Blue Planet. That was a huge documentary series. Um, Phoenix Nights was a comedy series set in a sort of working men's club in the north of England by Peter Kay, the comedian who remembers things. Uh, it was very good, Phoenix uh, Nights. Yes. Yeah, that, that is by his, far his best. Yeah, by miles. It is really, really good, that. That's a very good character-based uh, sitcom, that one. There was also the uh, Armando Inucci shows. Mm. So anyone who knows Armando Inucci from his various work on, on lots of comedy shows. He did a series for Channel 4, which contains... It's very thoughtful, very philosophical, very, very funny, and does contain the line, Butter brings me out in ghosts, which is the funniest line I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a police series called Mersey Beat. Oh, there was, yeah, yeah. Which So it had, it had the bloke from Brookside in it and Samantha Janus. I only know this because I think they reshot it on television maybe within the last five years. I've quite and, forgotten that. Uh, it was quite interesting. The, the, the first scene or one of the first scenes were was outside the old Punch and Judy pub right by Lime Street, now Amazing. demolished. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was particularly great, really. Well, yeah, it wasn't mainly set in Liverpool, actually, because most of it was filmed in Widnes and Runcorn. Oh, God. Yeah, I think yeah. they had a lot of... Like well, it pretended to be set in Liverpool. Yeah, it? It, cheaper to close the streets of Widnes and Runcorn. I suppose probably not bother. Yeah, and apparently the police station they used the set for the police station was was based in an old um, Golden Wonder crisps factory. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, apparently it's very rarely been repeated, so it's it's yeah. not really been seen since. You know, perhaps it, once or twice it might have popped up. Yeah, it was definitely on something because I, I have seen that within the last few years, definitely. Yeah. I'd sort of watch these things to do Liverpool spotting. So shows that are based in Liverpool, you sort of like to watch them and go, oh, yes, that. Okay. But I think it was mainly around Runcorn, so mm. there you go. So what's coming out of America at the... T- oh, no, hang on. Sorry, before, oh. I, before I rush forward. Of course, 2001 in UK television brought us Touch the Truck. Oh, oh right, yeah. Hell. If you can't guess what this game show was from the title, it was basically a situation where a bunch of contestants had to keep their hands on a truck for the longest amount of time in order to win it. Was that a Channel 5 thing? Oh, I should imagine so. Or or Channel 4 pretending being a bit wacky. (laughs) People go like mad. Well, they were given sort of like comfort break and allowed a certain amount of rest periods equally. You'd never do all like that these days, no. would you? Just people but it's to, mad. to so never get out there. The winner was a chap called um, Terry Middleton, which is a great name for the sort of person who'd win a programme called <laughs> Touch the Truck, <laughs> who was, uh, at the time, was 39 years old from Winchester in Hampshire. He was a winner who managed to stay awake, touching the vehicle for 81 hours, 43 Jeez. minutes and 31 seconds. He had an unfair advantage because he had massive hands. Yeah. <laughs> he was all hand. Uh, he stated that he was going to sell the vehicle to fund a political party. Oh, That's God. not in the spirit of the game. And now he is our Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, and how, do you oh. know what? He'd, he'd probably be better. Yeah. Uh, but you see, yeah, So he stood in the uh, 
2001 general election in the Kingston and Surbiton constituency, but gained only 54 votes. Less than the hours he stood stay, stay, uh, Yeah, stay I know what you mean. So that's possibly one of the nadir of television quiz show, uh, game shows, rather. <laughs> Certainly not a quiz. Uh, in America, we have Six Feet Under. Oh, yeah. Which was one of the first big like, HBO things I think yeah. we got over in the UK, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's rather good. Star Trek Enterprise, which was the one helmed by Scott Bakula. Oh, oh right, which yeah. I've still never watched an episode of, I don't think. No, which I must get it. round to, but I think I seem to remember it being a bit boring. And I love Star Trek, so... Ziggy with him. Well, no, and... Uh, Dean yes, Stockwell R.I.P. Dean Stockwell. Yeah, yeah, sad news, yeah. I loved Quantum Leap, and, and um, it's amazing when you then look and see Dean Stockwell's career lasted as long as it did from, like, oh. child actor right through, mm. you know. Amazing. Uh, Band of Brothers, that comes out of... That's a sort of co-production, I think, across the UK and the US, isn't it? Yeah. Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Oof. Law and Order, yeah. So that's a big mainstay. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's <laughs> what it does, doesn't it, on the credits? Well, it's very dramatic. Yeah, I think. Never seen an episode of any kind of Ooh, law see, and order thing. Yeah. Well, they're so ubiquitous, it's quite easy to miss them. Yeah, you it know, is. Because you just, there's whole channels where they're always on, so you just skip past them. Yeah, I, I'm occasionally intrigued by the prospect of law and order special victims unit just because of Ice-T. Well, that's, that's, the the reason. that's the only one I've got a great deal of experience of watching, and that's the, definitely got the... Um, but they definitely owe something to... Um, Mr. McBain, I would think. I'd have thought so. Def- I mean, definitely. even if it's just the fact that he influenced Hill Street Blues. They oh, v- yeah. they very they play up the proceduralness quite a mm. lot as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. So that, and um, Smallville. About, oh yeah. Which I went back and watched a few years after it was originally on, and actually quite enjoyed. Really, the the tale of uh, a young. Um, Clark Kent. Yes, yeah, so a few bits of it, and and quite thought it was all right, and never really pursued it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. much better than subsequent DC Comics TV series that I've tried to watch and mm. really just gone. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, just uh, something else to mention. Over in Canada uh, was How It's Made, which is always on sort of those uh, documentary channels now. Which if you put an episode of How It's Made on. And you let it get its hooks into you. It'll be like, <laughs> can you imagine how umbrellas work? Oh, and you'd right. be like, I don't care how umbrellas work. But then within three minutes, you're watching the machine that makes the central bit of an umbrella like like it's the most important thing on earth. <laughs> tractor tyres. How do you think tractors get out of the mud? <laughs> I thought it was a story of somebody called Mr. Howitz, who was a member of the Mafia. And he's... <laughs> Journey to being. Uh, <laughs> you should write that. Made. Yeah. I'm made. And <laughs> for our Australian <laughs> friends, you know, we're not just taking the Mickey out of Crocodile Dundee. Tell me, my Aussie friends, if you've heard of Love is a Four Letter Word, which I am reliably informed by the internet is a drama about some 20 somethings working in a pub, and every episode featured a performance by an Aussie band Ooh. of the period. So I've got a list of featured bands here well, with I names such as are. Pre-Shrunk. Okay. And do forgive me for saying this, Machine Gun Fellatio. Nice. Uh, a fictional band called The Duvets. Okay. Stella 111, Widow Jones, On Inc, Jackie Oz, Zaki and the Grandmasters. 
Nocturnal, spelt N-O-K-T-U-R-N-L. Oh, these, okay. these sounds like great <laughs> Hamish Cowan, Jodie Phyllis, I can't believe it's not rock. Bernie Hayes, Luke Hannigan, The Dumb Earth. Endorphin, Tim Friedman, Sunk Loto, Krista Hughes and Felicity Hunter. Amazing. Not ringing any bells? No. no. <laughs> Although you mentioning that, it's got me major flashbacks to some Australian drama, which was about a load of 20-somethings, I suppose. And that must have started around about 2001, but I can't wow. for the life of me remember what programme I'm trying to think of. Well, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, yes... I do know we have Australian listeners. Frantic Googling, see if you can remember. They might be able to fill us in. Wouldn't it be amazing if one of our listeners was actually in Nocturnal? Oh, yeah. Any of those acts, really. They they all sound fantastic. I'm going to have to hunt myself down the original soundtrack, I think. Yeah. I can't believe it's not Rock's album. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Right. Round to our picks, then. And... You know what? I'm going to go at Steve-O first to give us his film and album choice right. well, of I'm the year 2001. You. I'm going to disappoint you on the album because I searched right high and low for something decent from 2001, <sighs> and there was just there wasn't even any like novelty metal that I could like. Morgan's looking at me very I'm, I'm, disapproving. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was spoiled for choice. Well, <laughs> well, you can have two picks. <laughs> yeah, you see, you get, there's normally certain go-to bands. Uh, of that era but you know even the likes of Megadeth were churning out terrible albums it wasn't a great time for any kind of traditional no. metal was it I guess like new metal was very much in the ascendancy yeah, at the which time and it's just horrible not, doesn't float, well, float, that being the doesn't, case, doesn't float my boat that in, being the in case the can I recommend something to you well, from yeah, 2001 but, but that you like, would just, like just like you did with the films I failed to see those on my research, so you might say something now and I'll be like, oh, right, okay. Well, I think there's an album I think you would like very much that came out in 2001, and it's by a band called The Donners. Oh, The Donners. The Donners t- Turn 21. Well, you see, I, I, I don't, I've never owned that album, but I'd love, love The Donners, though. I, yeah. yeah. If it was bitching, then yeah. it would be my choice. Yeah, Turn 21's a bit... It's, it's a, Less out and out metal than than bitching. It's a good sort of balance between their sort of like a bit of the early punky energy, but with that kind of like Motley Crue poison kind of. Um, well, I'll go for that, even though I've never heard it. Okay, it's a corker. That's good. Well, I think it gets you know a two thirds vote anyway. So, <laughs> um, and then the film. Well, it'd be very tempting to go with wizards and. Uh, wouldn't it? But I did go with Donnie Darko, actually. Which, okay. But curiously, for exa- very similar to you, I have probably not seen that film for about 18 years, I suspect. <laughs> but I remember seeing it at the time and thinking it was great. I think it would probably still stand up. I seem to recall Patrick Swayze being excellent yeah, in it. Yeah, he plays, yes, like he a, he plays a, a paedophile, doesn't he? Yes, he's, he's, like, he's brilliantly creepy. Yeah, like really like sinister character um. and... The whole plot's a bit mad and you don't really know what on earth's going on. And, yeah, I remember being quite, yeah, having quite an impact, really. But that said, I can't comment for it standing the test of time because I ain't seen it for years. But but it lives in your mind, doesn't it? I mean, even like I say, I've not been sort of drawn to go and seek it out to watch it again. But it's one you will always remember the experience of watching it first time out, a bit like with Mulholland Drive as well. Well, I remember, the same I, I think I went to the cinema with you more, maybe even more than once to see Mulholland it's, Drive. Uh, and it's, it gets, 
panned by a lot of people who think it's the biggest load of nonsense ever, and yet that's a it's bit a of a strange... compelling yeah. bit of cinema, that, I think. So I'm going to go for... Donnie Dark? For, for some of those films, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. Well, thank you but for... But then, yeah, you see Wizards and, like, well, we do The Shire them. and, you know... Well, yeah. you and I both love Lord of the Rings. Yeah, shortcut through, you know, onion fields or whatever. Mushroom, short crust to mushrooms. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Farmers, so that's where I'm going. Farmers. So I failed a bit on the music, I'm afraid. What a letdown. But, um, yeah. There we oh, go. Well. well, moving on then from that that display to, to Morgan's picks. Oh, okay. The man who was spoiled for it, choice, as he says. Well, he'll say loads of things. Well, he might not. I was a bit spoiled for, for choice in, in both uh, aspects, really. Uh, film-wise, I was... I was sort of hovered a bit round um, Amelie. Yes, I hovered a yeah. bit round oh, Ghost World, yes. which I, I, I love. But I'm going to have to go for Josie and the Pussycats. I thought you might. Which it's just it's just magnificent, absolutely ludicrous, um, tremendous pop punk soundtrack. Um, Who wrote the songs for that? Well, it, was a, it was a bit of a mixture of people. Um, the the um, the directors actually co-wrote all of the, the stuff. I think Babyface, the R&B producer, um, pitched in. I think Jane and Charlotte from the Go-Go's might have both like had a bit of a hand in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna Waronka from That Dog. <laughs> um, now, I'm fairly certain I've seen that film, but remind me of the... And, uh, uh, Letters to Cleo, I think, played all, all the music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically it's it, it's it's from the Archie comic, this uh, band of girls in Riverdale who are in this great band, but they're, they're undervalued, no one likes them because everyone's just into the currently popular boy band du jour, <laughs> who have great songs which are very, very Backstreet Boys, but with hilarious lyrics. Um and then uh, du, du jour, uh mysteriously vanish in a plane crash, and so the, the, the mega records are looking for a new a new signing to to take their place. Um, stumble across Josie and the Pussycats, and then they get sucked into this industry where um, it turns out mega records are using their music to pump subliminal messages uh, into listeners' ears to make them just buy things. Hmm. So it's, it's basically a, a, a satire of of sort of. Um, commercialism within the industry, and it, it's it, it 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 does work quite well as a satire, but it's also just really good, daft fun, and has yeah. loads of great tunes, and is just silly. In terms of live action comic book films, it's really really good. Yeah, it's so much fun. Is it Alan Cumming as one of the baddies? Alan, Alan Cumming is a, a massive ham. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, oh, he's there's, always a massive. Obviously, a massive. Parker Posey as his boss is also a massive ham. Um, it's great, yeah. So no. I've, I've got to pick that. I thought you might. I thought you might. And then music-wise, again, I was quite, quite spoilt for choice because you've got, I mean, the, the first album by the Gossip, arguably Fugazi's best album, the second La Tigre record. There's a lot mm. of good stuff. I am going to have to go for uh, Grave Disorder by The Damned. Oh, the damned expert chooses a record by the damned. Well, it's the only opportunity I'm going to get to pick a, a record by the damned, and it if was you'd write a book. Yeah. Tell me in great detail every song on that album. It was, 
<laughs> it was it was the 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 a comeback of sorts after the the, the previous album in nineteen ninety six was fairly atrocious. Um, and they've kind of pretty much disowned it. Uh, Captain Sensible was back in the fold. It's it's a real return to kind of like their 80s form, but with a bit more of a kind of contemporary punk feel to it as well. So sort of mixing kind of early 2000s kind of hardcore with the kind of 60s psychedelic pop that they grew up with as well. It's, it's really good. And, and they actually... At the time, I, mean, I guess it was around then that I first started to see them live as well, and I was, I was kind of thinking, oh, it's really impressive that, that like a bunch of old fellows can still do stuff this good. It occurs to me now that I'm probably the same age that they were then. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's comforting to note they've actually even got better since then. Like the next uh, three records since then have all each got better uh, oh, every time good. they release something. So it, it was a good one. Oh, well, there you go. A very subtle plug there for your book, which is still <laughs> oh, available. So, so subtle. From, all, yeah, from, from all, all good retailers. Yeah. Well, yes, people should buy that if they haven't. If they like The Damned. And even if they don't, they should learn. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, fair enough. That's a good pick. <laughs> right, okay. Well, my choices are, I mean, yeah, obviously our tastes run very similar for uh, across a lot of these things here. And I was, I was toying with Ghost World. I was toying with Amelie, which is just a... A great film. Yeah. Wet Hot American Summer, that's quite oh, good. Oh, absolutely, yes. What's that? I've not heard uh, of that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a summer camp comedy, but it's all... Well, that's pretty young at the time, but it's it's comedians playing younger people, essentially, yeah. and it's uh, people like Amy Poehler in it and things like that. Yeah, Elizabeth Bang. Oh, she crops some maybe it's only a sequel, she crops some, But yeah, like a lot of that, those yeah. guys. And it, yeah, it's kind of silly, and then ends up getting really quite surreal, doesn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, it's quite peculiar. That's good. Um, and like I say, Mulholland Drive was, uh, you know, an interesting thing to experience. But I've got to go for Lord of the Rings because I really, really love it. And I will never watch it when it's on TV because the idea of, of adverts interrupting me watching it is one of these things that I put on the extended edition. I could put it on on a Saturday afternoon and I can sit there for four hours and just totally lose myself in it. It's just an astonishing bit of filmmaking from a, a source that could be treated very, very badly. It's, it's it's astonishing. So I've I've got to go for Lord of the Rings. I might keep my powder dry until. I know, but it's, it's tempting, you know. I know, yeah. You try. There'll be something better that year. I'll have missed my chance. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, wonderful cinema experience, as it is a lasting thing to watch over and over again for me personally, anyway. And I will pick as my two thousand and one album. Not Paul McCartney's Driving Rain, which I do quite oh. like. It's it's not a bad album for that, that period. Not even the Green Album by Weezer, which is obviously brilliant. Yeah. You know, they're really, I don't know, sort of their last gasp of brilliance for me. Yeah, there were moments after that, but that's yeah, the last that's kind of solid, solid all album. The way through, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's things like uh, stuff by Ladytron, mm. who were around and about in yeah, Liverpool absolutely. while we were playing in bands and things. But it's got to be Fugazi's The Argument. It's a beast of a record. For, for a band that had been going that long to sort of come out with an album that great. Yeah. yeah. And I made a point of listening to it again today just to remind myself, because I haven't listened to it for ages, and reconfirmed that it is an astonishing album. And one of the reasons I like it, and I said it at the time when I first heard it, is it's like they've been listening to the White Album and the guitar tones on the White mm. Album by the Beatles. And a lot of certain stuff on side two, it's like they've got those sort of weird spacey guitar noises that 
things crop up on the white. Oh, I'm, you know, Ian Mackay and everyone might just say, no, it's rubbish. We don't listen to that stuff. But it, to me, it's got a bit of that rock sound in it there, as well as the groovy stuff, as you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that there, there's probably been there's there are elements of Beatles guitar things working in even before that. I think yeah, yeah. Um, End Hits has got some on as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I totally hear that. The sound, particularly on 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 the argument, is mm. has got some very direct 1968 guitar sound yeah, styles yeah. on it as well. Some cracking stuff, and the stuff with the double drum kits is yeah. really exciting too. Yeah, it's nice. a good record. I it like is. her. You should listen to her. Um, <laughs> don't know what that voice was. Why I did that? That was um, very silly. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, so there we go. I didn't choose Elvira's Haunted Hills, the late sequel to the Elvira movie. Well, it's not a sequel actually. It's a different Elvira film. I did watch the proper Elvira movie for for Halloween. That was my Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah certainly didn't choose Rat Race as or, the, <laughs> or Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles no. as my film pick. But there you go. But what uh, you know? What do you listen to and uh, watch in those days, everyone who's listening? And you know, tell us because we're interested. <laughs> Especially if it's beyond the rather narrow borders of the things that us three just <laughs> all like that are all the same, like the reason we're friends type thing. <laughs> anyway, there you go. We're miles away from Evan Hunter and Ed McBain, but it's nice to reminisce about these things and look at what was going on at the time. So do join us again when we come back for Fat Ollie's book in 2002, a year where, off the top of my head, I can't think of films or music or anything but i never can until i do the no, research because it's it's so long ago <laughs> <laughs> so until then uh i'm gonna say au revoir au revoir as is mr stephen royston goodbye and mr morgan brown fairly well <laughs> <laughs>